0: Hello, my name is Brian Martin and you are listening to episode 22 of the Running Technique Tips podcast and I'm now joined by my co-host Lisa Biffin who is Back in Australia, back in Sydney, probably suffering extreme jet lag. How are you, Lisa?
1: I'm actually not suffering too badly, actually, because our last destination, our holiday, was Hawaii, and uh, there's only actually three hours difference, just they're a day behind. So I actually lost two days, and I'm more confused about what day of the week it is than what time it is.
0: Losing whole days, that's just a complete... yeah, head scratcher that one.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it really is because we flew out Sun early Sunday morning uh, Hawaii time but then arrived home really late Monday evening um uh, Sydney time so I, I literally <laughs> lost two days and uh yeah so I sort of scratching my head today going what day is it today like what week am I on um but it's it look it's actually really nice to be home I I think it's that whole thing of you really appreciate home once you've been away for a bit and I am a little bit of a person of routine as you would know with my lists and organizing so living out of a suitcase is is a bit of a challenge sometimes for me
0: Yeah, I think holidays can sometimes actually be more stressful than just having a holiday at home. Like, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to go somewhere amazing and I'll get really relaxed, but the whole process of doing that can actually um, be quite stressful in and of itself.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, we uh, travelled, we did New York on our own and then met up with our two young girls and so then the last couple of weeks of the holiday was travelling with little children and anyone who has young kids knows that that in itself is just a whole other level of stress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you need to go and stay at very kitty friendly places, right? yeah. Have- they have those little little rooms where you can lock your kids in and they get looked after while you go and sun, sun yourself on the beach. Is uh, that how it works?
1: Well, unfortunately, our hotel didn't have that and we did a couple of Airbnb. so, um, yeah, I think maybe, maybe next time. But uh, I think it's just also being in Australia, everywhere you go, you know, we're so accustomed to having to travel long distances. So, you know, the flight back from Hawaii was 10 and a half hours and um, uh, not quite two-year-old and a four-year-old on a flight. Whilst they're, they're pretty good, um, you know, I can guarantee that there's no sitting back, putting your headphones in and watching a handful of movies. It's <laughs> – I didn't actually – I think I I saw part through uh, a cartoon and um, snippets of other little bits and pieces. <laughs>
0: excellent sounds exhausting
1: <laughs> oh so it is quite exhausting but um anyway it is as I said it it's, it's good to be home I'm feeling pretty refreshed um but I'm not ready to run yet
0: yep so how long is it after the marathon now I've kind of lost track of time as well um yeah Two weeks or three weeks?
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's two. I actually left my diary on one of the many flights that we took, so I'm feeling a bit lost without all of my dates and highlighters and planning, but uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's actually nearly two and a half weeks post the marathon. So, um, oh, gosh, you know, we, we spoke sort of the, the day after the marathon and, you know, I said that my quads were pretty banged up, but, wow, they were I've actually got a funny story for you. So we the, they were the worst on the Monday, so the day directly post marathon, and they still weren't great sort of a couple of days later, but on the Tuesday night um we went out for dinner and nothing else on my body was sore, so I was able to you know to wear high heels and was, was dressed quite nicely went to this really nice restaurant and got out of the taxi and my knees and my quads just totally seized and i i actually couldn't walk forwards i had no ability to bend at the knees so i had to crab walk into the restaurant
0: I think that's the perils of high heels, right? Putting that extra strain on your quads.
1: Oh, I was in um, the you know the, the party that we were travelling with were just looking at me going, what are you doing? And I'm like, I actually can't walk. So here we are like all glammed up and walking into this beautiful restaurant and I am honestly crab walking right. <laughs> my way in. Uh... And then every time like going to sort of stand up from the table, you know, you're all elegantly dressed and then it was like, I don't, yep. I don't know how I'm going to get up. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> this very oh, unorthodox sort of way of pushing yourself up to avoid any pressure on the quads. So yeah. um, God, that's
0: tough. That, that actually reminds me of something that I saw at the end of um, – the Rio Olympic marathon. So the the coverage was kind of winding down and you got the last few runners coming in. Um, And uh, there was this guy who, I I don't know exactly what injury he had. It was probably something either to his quads or his hamstrings, but he was basically skipping sideways to get to the finish line. (laughs) So, yeah, he he was doing the sideways skip shuffle. Um, <laughs> oh. And, yeah, he was still finishing in about 2 hours 45, so I was still, like, obviously a really good runner but run into a bit of a problem at the end. So, you know, this this sideways thing, I think that's something we should keep in the back of our mind just in case we have to hobble to the end of a, another marathon.
1: Oh, it was the only way I was getting to that restaurant. And I tell you what, after running the marathon, I was hungry. so. <laughs> I was getting there any which way but um yeah look my quads were really really banged up for nearly five days post-marathon stairs were just oh god I just couldn't stand them um up or down just really putting any pressure on and then because my knee had gone in the marathon um I just really struggled with that flexion and extension, so uh, legs and body are feeling great now, but it literally took five full days until I was able to return to a proper walking <laughs> motion yep. walking game. Yeah. well
0: that, last week when I caught up with um oh, yeah, the um, episode twenty one where I had a chat with Kevin, we were kind of tossing around that um, how long should you have off after the marathon and uh, I don't think Kevin had much more than about A week or two off um but yeah I was I was saying to him yeah I was definitely having at least four weeks off and I said I think that you were having four weeks off as well so is that still your plan
1: yeah so I did absolutely nothing um for the two weeks I went to the gym at our hotel in Hawaii and I was there for a grand total of 30 minutes and I just did some really basic um body weight type, you know, some squats and some sit-ups and a little bit of stretching and rolling. And that was on the Saturday. And That was the first time in those two weeks that I actually felt like I wanted to go and do some sort of activity. Um, And I still haven't really felt the need to run. I'm starting to get there now, but um, I'm still going to have the next – two weeks off, uh, I've actually signed up uh, to the gym again. i sort of put it on yep. hold whilst we're away. And I'm really just going to focus on the strength. I really need to ensure that before I start running again, this knee is 100% fixed.
0: Yep. And how does it feel at the moment?
1: Yeah, it feels great. So self-massaging, uh, a little bit of rolling. I've got absolutely no soreness in there. So I, I think that full two two and a half weeks off has been really good for it. And to be honest, really, that is that is really the the fix of ITB, isn't it?
0: Yep. Yes, as Kevin was saying, it's the four-letter word, rest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, do you know what? When we're in New York and, you know, I'd be interested to hear some listeners' thoughts on this, the very next day there were people out running and, you know, I – I actually couldn't fathom it. I couldn't even walk, let alone the thought of running. So I I don't know, one, how they were doing it, two, why they were doing it. <laughs> I, it absolutely just bamboozled me because I thought, well, how are you able to do this? <laughs>
0: yeah, I definitely can't conceive of that personally, but I, I have heard it's a bit of a thing. There are some runners who like to get out for a little shuffle the day after. To, um, and, you know, maybe they're um, – Better attuned to this endurance running than us, or they're, they're such veteran performance performers that they've been doing it for, you know, 10 or 20 years and maybe they've become more resilient than us to enable them to do it. But, oh,
1: look, amazing. Um, maybe- yeah,
0: it doesn't make any sense to me, that's for sure.
1: No, but I've actually just enjoyed the mental. Break as well. Um, And whilst I really, really loved the marathon, I loved the training. I think I said a few times it really suited my personality with that whole planning and ticking things off and feeling like you were getting closer to a goal. It's also been amazing to just not have to think about it, not have to go to training, really just do whatever I want. And I did do a little bit of reading whilst I was away and. Uh, having a look into, so like Bernard Legat, who has his full month off, just gets fat. Um, yep. And then when he returns, it's it's just a, a few weeks of gentle jogging, drills, strength work, and then getting ready to um, do the hard training again. And some of the reading I did was not so much around the physical side of it. It was also just that mental reprieve that he really enjoyed. And I must admit that was probably the the biggest benefit for me.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. I I think I've really enjoyed the time that I've had off um, and I've actually had a little over five (laughs) weeks off. Um,
1: (laughs) You're slipping into (laughs) semi-retirement. I think so.
0: I think so. Um, Yeah, I I initially planned to have four weeks, but I got to the end of the four weeks and I thought, you know what, actually just kind of enjoying uh, not running for a little bit. Um, So I thought, well, I'll just have another week off Um, and I did plan – to um go for a run yesterday but um following my new more intuitive training plan i didn't sleep that well the night before so i thought i'll just wait wait until i have a good night's sleep and then i'll head out for a run so i actually went out for my first run since the marathon this morning
1: wow uh, and how did it all feel how's the body
0: um it's pretty good actually um and and i must admit i was a had a tiny bit of anxiety because you might remember after the I was talking about after the 2017 Melbourne Marathon. I tried to come back two weeks after and I still had, uh, well, I had a sore knee with the ITB syndrome. But, um, yeah, so basically this morning I did about 40 minutes of walk jogging. and body mostly feels pretty good, although I suspect that I'll probably have a bit of um, bit of DOMS tomorrow. Um, not having run for um, for five weeks. Um, it was actually interesting. It was a part of um when I spoke to Tom DeCanto, the sports podiatrist, who's based up in Sydney. Um, and he's also a marathon runner, so like super fast runner, he was describing to me how he had to have four or five weeks off after having the flu, and he said after his first run back he actually got DOMS as well. So (laughs) I think it probably doesn't matter who you are. If you've had a substantial break, you're going to be expecting some kind of um, muscle soreness or reaction the next day.
1: Oh, well, that's something to look forward to. It Um, is. But I tell you what else I actually enjoyed on my break was I – Loved the buffet and I have now happily put on a couple of kilos. <laughs>
0: Excellent. That's good.
1: Um, and yeah, it's, it's, that's sort of now my next focus is, you know, getting, getting lean um, and, and getting strong. So uh, yeah. it was, yeah, I don't, I just highly recommend it. I, I actually saw on, on the socials a couple of people who had done the New York Marathon that had, gone off and they were racing again a week wow. or so later um, but you know each to their own personally I I don't recommend it I, I don't I actually well, it shows that I couldn't do it <laughs> yep. um, but, uh, yeah but yeah I
0: couldn't do it even if I wanted to so yeah I think it's an easy decision for us it's like just have a break <laughs> and enjoy enjoy the mental checkout
1: yeah and look I think you know as well just for myself having such a young family too it was just really nice to not have to think about babysitters and I know that, um, that I've been on holidays, but even the next two weeks, it's, it's great thinking, well, I don't have to fit something in and rush around school or daycare drop offs and organize babysitters and just all of those sorts of things. Um, honestly that's exhausting and yes it's to have that time off now and just relax and i think for me just finding that desire again to want to get back into that headspace of being super organized and um you know i don't have the luxury of just waking up and deciding what i want to do each day because of the family and i know a lot of other people are in that situation too so you know if you
0: That's true. You can't do what I'm going to do, which is <laughs> no. to have a plan not to have a plan. <laughs> you you need to have a plan.
1: Oh, look, I need to have a plan. I'm not sure whether or not it would suit my personality not to have a plan. I think I would be struggling with some organizational demons if um <laughs> if I took that approach, but I, I think that's going
0: to be the challenge for me actually because um this the thing about being a bit more robot robotic and routine is you get out for your runs no matter what, but if you're going to give yourself like the permission to not run or do something different um, depending on how you're feeling, Um, yeah, you could potentially get a bit lazy at times so I'll have to kind of be really honest with myself about if I'm skipping a run, it's got to be for a good reason. Mm.
1: So what is next for you then now that you've had five and a half weeks off and you finally dipped your toe back in the water...
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, well, look, we as as the listeners can tell, to this point, um, we're being a bit unstructured in this episode, um, and the reason for that is, yeah, we did want to have a conversation about where we're going from here, um, and where I'm going from here is, um, I'm going to do a a block of training which is focused. Um, more around, I was going to say speed, but it's not really speed because it's 5K, 3K type training. Um, but I am going to be doing a little bit of work on running technique, um, a lot more strength work. Um, so, yeah, that's that's sort of my plan is once I get up and running is build a little base, um, do some strength work and do some strength and coordination work on my on my running technique through that period. Um And then, yeah, look to do a small block of three k, five k specific training, and then jump in a three k and five k race probably in February. Um, And uh, yeah, see what I can do off that that kind of build up.
1: Any insights? Well, just quickly on your technique, any insights as to what it is you're thinking of changing and why you're looking at this?
0: Um, Look, not yet. Um, I do feel like I probably. Have yeah, I don't know whether I've got. Not bad habits exactly, but I feel like there's some things that I could be doing um, to be a bit more, bit more dynamic, get a bit more, bit little bit more bounce back in my stride. Um, so what I'm going to do is kind of not guess what that is at the moment. I'm going to try and consult with a few people to get them to have a look at me and and see what they think um and then i'll kind of take that feedback on board and and sort of decide well what am i going to do um technique wise to improve it so i've I've got a i'm going to go and see kevin next week kevin the physio so um he's going to have a bit of a look at me running and no doubt he'll he's got a couple of weird and wonderful um strength and power testing machines so he's got this modified smith machine so i'm sure he'll put me on that and see how strong my calves are and my quads and other bits and pieces so um, hang on what's yeah. a
1: smith machine
0: um it's basically like a squat rack on rails so you know when you go into the gym and you've got your bar sitting on a rack the smith machine is basically similar setup except the bar actually runs on a, a set of vertical rails um so it's a good machine actually because you can kind of get into it and really focus on generating a lot of um, power and speed without having to worry so much about the stability because when you're just doing a normal squat with a bar, you've got a, a lot more stabilisation stuff that you've got to do. So, yeah, the Smith machine, given it's on rails, um, you just got to kind of push the thing up. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a bit interesting to see what, what he finds um, or what what he says. And I'll probably do a couple of other consults with some other people yet, but I haven't teed those up. Um, and I'll do that probably in the next four weeks. So I'll catch some audio of those consultations and probably get some video as well, which we can put onto the um, Running Technic TV YouTube channel mm. for people to have a look. So what, what I'll do is try and capture the feedback of various experts and coaches unfiltered um and then i'll take on board all of that feedback and kind of decide what i'm going to do myself so yeah we'll get the unfiltered unfiltered feedback for the audience and and then um yeah i'll basically take all that on board and come up with a little plan for for what i'm going to work on
1: Mm, that's exciting i'm looking forward to seeing that
0: Mm, yeah me too so um i actually went to the um for my first run, I actually went to the track this morning, not with the intent of doing a track workout. Obviously, since it's my first run back, but I thought, oh, I'll go to the track and see if I can do like one or two k, a one or two k math test. Um, but I discovered pretty quickly that I was um, actually too unfit, to, <laughs> too, <laughs> too unfit to um, sustain a um, a reasonable pace. So I abandoned that and just did a couple of um, running drills. Um, so yeah, I just walked through. Um, a couple of, um, a couple of um, A skips and B skips, and yeah, so it was kind of good to um, yeah go to the track and just um, yeah run through a couple of drills, mm. and it was actually interesting because I had my heart rate monitor on. Um, those Just running through some A skips and B skips, it really gets your heart rate up. So I really went up to my um, Maphitone 137 limit really quickly just doing a couple of drills and not even doing them that hard or that many. So um, it's probably just the extra co- cognitive load of trying to move um, in a particular pattern, having to think about that. And I've been a bit lazy on my drills, so I'm going to be doing them um, quite frequently through um, Especially this next eight-week base period.
1: Yeah, you had said in your marathon plan that you were going to do a bit of drills, but uh, now that you mention it, they did seem to drop off a bit.
0: They did they definitely dropped off. So I, I'm going to be a bit more disciplined about that, and more disciplined with the strength training as well. So mm. I'll probably be wanting to do, um, and we'll put up. I'm going to put up my program next week. Um, but yeah, I'll probably be doing. Uh, at least three sessions of some kind of strength work a week and at least a couple of sessions of drills. And Mm. um, So, yeah, there'd be a lot of focus on uh, good movement patterns um, and, yeah, just making sure that um, I'm doing everything I can to be moving as well as possible. And the other thing I'm doing is I think I I mentioned that I was going to do most of my running in flat shoes. So I have had to think about that and I'm going to persist with that idea um, for as long as possible. At, le- at least until I injure my calves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and when you say flat shoes, you just mean minimal drop.
0: Yeah. So I won't be running in like 100% in barefoot style shoes, which have no, they're completely flat and they have no cushioning. Um, I'll probably do a little bit of running in shoes like that and maybe a little bit of barefoot stuff as well now that the weather's a bit warmer. Um, but, yeah, I've got my um, my Ultra shoes, which have got a fair amount of cushioning in them. Um, even though they're flat. So I'll still have a kind of a variety of shoes um, to work with over the over the next eight weeks or so. So it would be interesting to see how my body reacts to that as well.
1: Mm, yeah, good. Oh, that's a good little plan. Um, turning to track.
0: Yeah. So it's been a while since I've been or since I've raced on a track. I actually couldn't tell you the last time that I actually did that. So um probably... I had to guess maybe twenty ten or twenty eleven maybe
1: oh wow long time um,
0: ago yeah been a long time mm. um, maybe twenty twelve yeah I'll go I have to go back and have a look at my training diaries, but yeah, I actually went back through my twenty oh nine or two thousand and nine and two thousand and ten training diaries for you the other day because I was looking at um, the training plan that I did when I was running. Fast over 5k, which when you still, yeah, you,
1: that's you, that's the, the PB that you hold on this podcast. <laughs>
0: that's right, it's the only one that I've got over you. Um, went through a period of running three 5ks under 18 minutes. Um, the fastest of which was 1742, um, and the first one was 1755, I think. Um, and yeah, the first one was done off kind of not a huge amount of training, I have, I have to admit. Um,
1: yeah, so that yeah. was actually fantastic times.
0: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I was doing something right back then. Um, I'm not sure I'd do exactly the same training as I did back then now, um, but I think it does show that you can run pretty well off. And at that stage, I'd sort of come off an injury, had two or three weeks off, done six weeks of jogging around, trying to get my new running technique sorted out, um, and then did a block of about six weeks of training. And then none of that was actually on the track. I I was doing some track-style workouts, but, yeah, then went to the old olympic park which you remember mm. fondly lisa and oh, i do uh, got onto the track there and just like felt amazing cuz i'd been running on the dirt or the road for <laughs> for 12 weeks and you get onto the onto the rubber track after all of that time and you just grow an extra leg so i just i just remember that as being super super easy it wasn't like easy as in it wasn't any effort but it was one of those runs where you're just in the zone so for me that's a good reminder that i'm going to take into this campaign is it really doesn't take a huge amount of training to go out and run particularly a good 5K, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah. Mm. So well, what about you? Are you heading down the same? I mean, you have to knock off my PB because, you know, I know. that's... It's- that's- definitely needs needs to happen.
1: <laughs> well, do you know what? So, you have actually inspired me um, and that 5k and I think this is something that I really want to explore a lot more on the podcast and the 5k distance I think is a great distance. It's a popular distance. There's obviously Park Run, which is the 5k distance and, you know, you really just mentioned it before and that you don't have to do lots and lots of hard training um, to be able to run a good 5K and this is a mindset that I want to take into exploring some different ways to train for a 5K um, mm-hmm. because coming from a track background, um, the mentality that I have had prior to how uh, moving into this marathon training is you know, I guess train hard. You know, go to the track and run as hard as you can for five by four hundreds. Yep. And um, you sent me through your training um diaries two days ago. And I think my response was, wow, look how slow you ran.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you did say that. I didn't think I was running that slow, but maybe compared to the training that you were doing, it it was.
1: (laughs) And just to give some context around that for the listeners. So my 5K track PB, which I can't exactly remember what it is, but I'm calling it 18 and a half minutes compared to yours at 17.42. Um, The sessions that I do um, on the track, so like a a three-by-1K or a five-by-1K, I would be running 320s to 325s. Mm-hmm. Um, you were running 340s and yet-
0: I, I was running 340s and <laughs> I only did one of those sessions actually before I ran that first PB. Yeah, so, um-
1: and then an- an- another example is you did a handful of 200s in 39 seconds. I was running my 200s between 31 and 33 seconds and your, but I did
0: not think I could run one faster than 31 seconds.
1: <laughs> your PB is nearly a minute quicker than mine. So, you know, having just seeing that, first of all, um, I was like, wow, okay, there's a different way to do this. Obviously, having experienced um you now training for a marathon and loving that approach of easy running, you know, the the um the train don't strain mentality of Arthur Lydiard has now really got me thinking, well, I've been doing this all wrong and I dare say that a lot of other people have also been doing this quite wrong too, thinking, well, you need to kill yourself to be able to run fast over the shorter distances. So I want to experiment with that a little bit. Um, I feel like I've got this really lovely base now after having the the last 11 months of that gradual build-up and I went back over my training to see what my average kilometers were over this last year. And it was only 63 Ks. Mm-hmm. So, still pretty good though. Oh, look, it's still fantastic. Um, but, you know, and that's a, a great base or so super consistent. Um, so, there's a couple of things that I am going to do. I'm not intending to return to running training until the 2nd of December. So, that's still a week and a half away. Um, over this sort of week and a half it's all gym for me um, stretching and just getting my body I feel like a bit of a tin man at the moment I just feel quite stiff and awkward so <laughs> yeah the, the
0: gym will be good for that yeah. um, I, I did a little strength session after my run walk this morning actually so and that was just literally some some of those sort of dynamic single leg bridges the old hamstring hack hack oh, off yeah. a, um, on the on the on the step and I did some. Of decline, single leg forward squats, and uh, what else did I do? I just did some squats holding a a four a four kilo medicine ball, um, and that was about it. So when I say I'm going to be doing some strength work, like three or three times a week, it's going to be like li- a lot of little mini sessions like that. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to be probably going to the gym and smashing myself for an hour. No, um, I, I'll just be kind of topping up on, especially through this base period, just a lot of really basic. Um, Body weight strength or with fairly modest weights um and then after i kind of get a bit of a base behind me um i may get myself a bar and try and lift some heavier stuff after that
1: mm, yeah well so that's a the sort of gym work that i want to do too a lot of body weight a lot of sort of functional movement um you know not going in and pumping iron because yep. first of all i wouldn't be able to lift it and two that's just really no benefit to um yep. to running but um I will return to running sort of the first week of December, just some yep. light jogging. Um, I will do some sessions, but they're going to be very, very easy, very, very gentle, and mm-hmm. just really preparing myself. Uh, we head away for two weeks over the Christmas break, like a lot of people in Australia do, up to Byron Bay, beautiful coastal town, um, and that's where I'm really going to start to do my training, getting ready. Um, it's about a six-week or maybe five weeks, actually, um, for the five-kilometre track new south wales champs that i'm targeting so i really want to see um, and test this sort of i guess hypothesis of what type of work can you get done in those five weeks um training at i guess i'm probably going to say maybe a 70 to 80 percent level rather than the 100 percent level um and having this nice base and and seeing what type of results i can produce from that so i'm pretty excited about that actually
0: yeah, me too. I'll be interested to see what you can do off a um, slightly, slightly less insanely fast track. Track filled up than what you used to do. Um,
1: oh yeah! yeah. And look, so, I think, so really, um, like, and you- like seventeen. Sorry, what time was your PB? Seventeen forty two. Yeah. Um, what What is that per lap? So four hundred meter laps. What does that equate it's to? A-
0: about 85-second okay. laps. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, again, just to give some more context, my training um, for 400 reps were around sort of 73 to 75 seconds. Wow, so,
0: that's super
1: fast. I'm. Um, there's a couple of things. So I was obviously killing myself in training. I've got a little bit of natural speed, but, yeah. you know, the 5K still requires endurance. Um, yeah. And I think that for me... I was I wasn't doing any long running, so I was going to the track, um, and I was doing these crazy sessions. Um, I'd do a sixty minute run on a, on a Sunday, and if I could remotely be bothered, I'd do a thirty minute jog on a Wednesday. So here I was, just killing myself doing all of this speed work, and not actually doing any endurance work. So um, you know, why the hell am I running twelve seconds a lap quicker? <laughs>
0: Yes. Um, well, it,
1: what I need to be doing.
0: That's right. And yeah, the context for me was when I was building up to that I was basically doing um doing the first phase of Daniel's running formula um 5 to 15k program. Mm. Um so yeah, for the, well actually I should just say if we haven't said it explicitly already, the next season that we're doing is 3k 5k training. Um so getting a hold of the Daniel's running formula um 5k program and also the he's got a sort of a 1500 3k program in there as well is a pretty good thing to do so so yeah after i did my base i just sort of did a bastardized version of his first phase which he has six weeks of um uh it's predominantly kind of uh, interval train uh, sorry threshold level training um which is what i did so that's a kind of 15k race pace type thing so underneath your lactate threshold um and also some mile pace um repetitions which um so to give context on the paces of those i I think i was doing my threshold work at about four minute kilometer pace or just under Mm. um and i was doing my mile pace stuff as you indicated at about sort of 39 to 40 second 200s um and about if I was on the flat, I'd be doing it about 80 seconds for, um, for a 400. Um, a lot of those reps I did on the road. Um, and I did, there's a, there's a session that Daniel's has got, which is a real killer. Actually, it's sort of sets of 200 meters, 200 meters, and then 400 meters. Um, and I was doing that on the dirt track at the front of my house, um, at Dalesford and, uh, Yeah, doing them with full recoveries. So it was sort of like 40 seconds, jog back, um, full jog back, 200 metres, then do another 200 and then turn around and run up this hill (laughs) for the 400 (laughs) rep. Um, So I did have that kind of hill in there. So the 400 reps on the dirt and running up the hill were probably only about 90 seconds, I think. Um, So they were fairly slow comparatively, but obviously the hill in there... Very good for um, building up your your strength, mm. um, and yeah, make made made feeling, you know, running, eighty six or eighty seven second laps, which was kind of what I did for that first um, PB. Made that feel pretty easy, like going onto the track um, mm. after doing that up a hill on a on a dirt road. So mm. um, yeah, you definitely don't need to run that fast for the 5k especially no if you want to run the 800 meters that's a different story
1: <laughs> well obviously my training methodology was, was focusing on the wrong event but um
0: yeah, yeah you would have run a good 800 off that i reckon
1: uh, yeah <laughs> I, I probably would have um but we're not just going to be focusing on the track because we're going to get around to a couple of park runs as well yep. and test ourselves over um you know different surfaces but still that 5k distance and you know Unlike the marathon, where it was this long build-up for you know, one one day, um, obviously you can you can run one every week if you really want to. So there'll be yes. more instances of trialing different tactics, um, looking at different training sessions. Did they work? Did they not work? And really just exploring this sort of philosophy again around not killing yourself in training, but still getting an amazing result whether or not you know you're trying to break 30 minutes for the first time or you know whether like me I'm trying to become hold all the pbs on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) um I think it, it is about training a little bit smarter um and I know that one of the things I let go as part of this marathon training really was the gym and I know that I was doing my PT session once a week but I just felt like it wasn't quite enough. I I think you mentioned sort of three sessions then, and I know that previously that's sort of been the really good sweet spot for me when I have felt strong um, and, and, you know, obviously not just running all the time. But I think just doing the first marathon and never doing those types of sessions and those Ks before, I, I sort of mentally and I guess physically couldn't have added in any more training sessions. So um, I'm going to dial back the weekly mileage. Um, So instead of doing sort of 80Ks a week like I was doing in the marathon, which I think is about 55 miles a week, I'm going to drop back to about 70Ks. So that's probably about, no, high 40s. So it's still relatively Mm. high-ish, but uh, I'm going to try and spread that out across six days. Yep. Because I want to add in some easy recovery running. Yeah. Um, yeah
0: which that I, sounds good.
1: Yeah, which um, I didn't really and yet, have.
0: And I don't know if you noticed in my training diary, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure I ran that PB of not much more than about 60Ks yeah. a week. Yeah. And for most of the build-up to that, I was doing less than that mm. um, and probably long runs of... Up to about 16 kilometers.
1: Yeah, although my long runs are not. I'm actually going to keep the Wednesday, as we sort of were calling it, a lot of people call it the mid long. Um, yep. I was actually enjoying that, and I'm actually going to continue with the 90 minutes. Mm hmm. But it's going to be slow, and um, I've got a new watch, a new Garmin. I purchased that whilst I was overseas at the expo. Yep, <laughs> and excellent. It comes with a wrist heart rate, so
0: Whoa. <laughs> we're going to be able to have Lisa report on her heart rate finally. Uh,
1: exactly. So um, on those recovery days, I really want to be running sort of five to ten beats per minute less than my aerobic heart rate. Um, yep. And, you know, that'll be whatever it will be. So, um, you know, this is a, a new phase for me with some more experimenting. Um, but, again, I'm, I'm super excited about it.
0: Yeah, it's nice to um, uh, yeah restart with a new set of goals and especially when you have four or five weeks off, in my case, you're really kind of starting with a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be kind of uh, – it's, pro- it's probably actually good for any new listeners who are joining who are just starting out running because um, especially over the next two or three weeks, I'm really um, going to be doing a lot of the type of training that w- you would do if you were starting from zero anyway. So this morning was run-walk and I was using my aerobic – um Maffetone heart rate as a guide so if i got to the point during my jog where my heart rate was starting to creep up towards 137 i just hit the split button and started walking um and then just let my heart rate drop down to about 100 beats a minute um and then once i've done that i'll start jogging again so mm. um if you are starting from zero and you're doing a run walk um which is actually a really good way to get started um you can actually use your heart rate monitor to kind of guide you a little bit through that process mm. um, because yeah there's there's really not any point in um you know flogging yourself when you're just starting out so um yeah use the heart rate monitor to tell you when you should have those walking segments in your in your run walk campaign
1: actually your program might be a really nice one for someone as you said who is starting out or returning from a long break or injury um who is aiming to run their first park run 5k uh, to, to follow your program because you're certainly not just going to jump straight in and start running nope. big kilometers and crazy sessions um, no yeah.
0: i'm not I'm not going to be doing any sessions really for the first eight weeks, um, but I will be doing, as mentioned, the drills. I'll still be doing some strides um, and I'll probably still do some of those really short hill efforts, which I did through the marathon campaign. Um, but all of those are going to be like efforts of probably 10 seconds or less so they're not going to be particularly stressful or strenuous but what i'm hoping is they'll help me kind of cement those better movement patterns that i'll be working on and also when the time comes to run a bit faster i'll i won't have completely lost touch with speed Um, and what i'm actually hoping is that i've probably actually will have gained some um, by doing the strength work um, and then working on working on strides and doing those hill sprints and some other things so um yeah that'd be it definitely would be a good one for people to follow along with um and then yeah see what you can do um over 5k at your at your local park run
1: actually i've got a, a more of a, a no it's a question so last night when we were meandering down to training my husband made a comment and he said oh how long you know how much longer are you going to have off and i said "Oh." basically to the start of december and i said to him what about you and he's like oh i'm really worried i'm I'm feeling really fit and i i don't want to lose this feeling so i feel like i should be getting back into it um and it sort of made me think i reckon that's a common thought process of you know of lots of people and i just sort of said to him you're not going to lose it in another two weeks like you you know you're you're so fit this is crazy you need the recovery um do do you come across many people that? think like that as well. They get concerned that, oh gosh, an extra couple of weeks off. Yeah, is...
0: yeah definitely. There's a lot of attachment to um, yeah, just being scared that if you stop for a, a significant period of time, you're going to be completely um, at a loss. And look, you know, if you stop running for four or five weeks and you're not doing anything else, of course you're going to lose some fitness. But I think what people forget is how quickly you can kind of regain um, back to where you were, mm. um, so you know I would kind of expect that within five weeks I probably will be ticking along at a fairly similar kind of pace and heart rate to what I was um, leading up to the marathon. Maybe not in the last two weeks when it appeared that my um, uh, those little stress things that I had um, were kind of compromising my aerobic system. But yeah, I wouldn't expect that it would take more than about four or five weeks to be running at a good pace for a decent distance. Um, not too much dissimilar to what it was in in the latter stage of the marathon build-up. So, Mm. yeah, don't be afraid to lose a bit because you can get it back. And as a rule of thumb, like, it's probably about as many weeks as you have off it will take you to kind of return to roughly where you were before. So Mm. where's the harm in spending four or five weeks getting back up or even six weeks or whatever it is that you need to, to get back to where you were before. I I don't don't think that's a, that's a big deal.
1: Mm, And I think there's a greater risk of injury of returning too soon. Like what you did last year. Mm. Um, And I'm I'm sure many other people have felt it as well. And um, yeah, I mean, why not walk for recovery as well?
0: Yeah, exactly. And look, all I've been doing for the last four or five weeks is walking the dog. So half an hour at either end of the day. Um, and that's probably as much maintenance of um, my aerobic system that I needed over over that time. So, yeah, I didn't cross-train or get on the bike or cheat. Um, so, if you're going to have a rest, like have a proper rest, I think, um, rather than just tell yourself that you're having a rest by jumping onto the bike or doing some other form of exercise and flogging yourself when, you, when you're when you not running. So, um, def- definitely take a- some proper time off. Um Actually, I forgot to mention something that I, I think I said—I sent you a text message, which was a bit cryptic, where I was going to try and change my thought process and language um, around um, – we talked a lot during the marathon about building aerobic base, um, and I would referenced a number of times that that was definitely a goal of mine, to is to build a bigger aerobic base. I'm just going to change my thinking about that slightly given – what happened to me just before the marathon um, where all of a sudden my aerobic system, despite having a good base behind me, became compromised. So, I was essentially going backwards um, in terms of what I could do aerobically. So, I'm just going to change my thinking to I'm going to maintain and build um, the health of my aerobic system. So... Um, it's a subtle shift it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be do, doing longer runs and building my aerobic system and that kind of thing, but I'm going to be a lot more conscious of making sure that that aerobic system is nice and healthy so making sure I'm getting enough sleep um, making sure I'm not getting stressed um, all of those things and making sure I don't kind of train myself into a into a bit of a bit of a hole. Um, as well, and making sure my training responds to those other factors a lot more mm. um, quickly than what I probably did during the marathon, where I just kind of clung on to the idea of um, being consistent and b- consistent and building the base, whereas um, yeah the system wasn't healthy at the end, and it didn't matter what base I had, I couldn't perform at the level that I probably should have been able to.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it's a smart move Good idea. Mm.
0: Yeah, so healthy aerobic system. That's that's going to be one of the goals for the, for the next little period.
1: And stay away from people with viruses. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, don't get don't get sick. Uh, uh, stay away from people who stress you out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of those things um, would be kind of good. Hey, you know, the other thing I've been doing is um, helping out a friend of mine. Um, with his daughter's running technique. So she's a a keen soccer player. Yeah, yeah. She's she's only 11. Um, but Yeah, she's a keen soccer player, but she has, um, I guess, a a couple of issues with her running technique. Mm. And maybe I actually did the first session of coaching with her last week and I just caught about a minute of audio. So rather than me tell you about what her goals were for improving her running, why don't we just hear from Kira for about a minute now? Yeah. Good. It's good. Tell me a little bit about your running. What's going on with that?
1: Um, I can't go fast enough because I don't put my knees up.
0: Really? Yes. Okay. And what sport are you playing at the moment?
1: Soccer, and I do acrobatics as well.
0: Ah, fantastic. So, is there anything else going on? Do you get injured or sore or anything like that?
1: Uh, it's my knees when I when I land. Yeah, it's too hard on my knees.
0: Okay, great. So, basically, what you're trying to get out of a bit of running coaching is um. Uh, prevent your knees getting sore and run a little bit faster yeah just say that again yeah (laughs) awesome there you go there's kira she's super cute um (laughs) but yeah she's finding that um yeah she'd like to be a bit faster on the soccer pitch um and she's also she gets that pain kind of underneath her knee kind of at the top of the um top of the shin there so i think she's been and seen people before and i don't know if you, have you ever heard of osgood slatter's disease like it sounds like this mega serious I have thing
1: <laughs> yeah no, no, i have heard of. but
0: it. basically it's just kind of getting sore below your knee mm-hmm. um which is probably something that happens to a lot of kids when they're yeah, when they're growing they're up growing. And
1: yeah
0: yeah so uh yeah it's a probably an over-medical kind of terminology for something that happens to a lot of people. But, uh, yeah, so I was out there with a with her dad on the, on the Oval at Creswick um, uh, last week and, yeah, we did a little bit of video analysis and um, did a little bit of some coaching cues um, and we work, walked through um, one of the running drills and I was trying to explain to Kira how to do the A-skip running drill and I was just failing miserably <laughs> and <laughs> until we just said, um, and she was like, do you just mean like skipping? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why don't, why don't you just show us how you skip? And she's like, yeah, I can do that. And, <laughs> yeah, she pretty much nailed it straight away. So um, good lesson for anyone who's um, interacting and coaching with children, kind of yeah, do it in terms that they're familiar with. <laughs> but, yeah, once we said skip, it was like, bam, she just kind of nailed it straight away. Um, so, yeah, I thought I'd, I'd catch a bit of... Um, audio and obviously we've got a little bit of video of that session as well. So, I probably won't post the video straight away. I might kind of edit it up um, once we've done kind of six weeks of coaching. Um, mm. But yeah, I'll catch a little bit of audio each week and and just bring that in um, so I can kind of track how Kira's going. But it was quite surprising with how much improvement she was able to demonstrate even with a small amount of coaching um, any instruction. So um,
1: I think yeah. we forget how like adaptable children are. You know, they're not oh, yeah. they're not adults who are stuck in our ways for however many years and are quite, I guess, afraid of change. Sometimes kids are just like little sponges that accept yes, the exactly. And you know, they're not necessarily stuck in their ways. So I think it's an exciting little project.
0: It is. Yeah, it's a good little, a good little. I just had to get over my fear of children. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have not have mine for a couple of weeks and uh, that'll get out <laughs> <Get> over that. <laughs> um,
0: well, it's kind of good because um, her dad, Adam, is actually a uh, – he's a trained teacher and he used to work with me out at the university. So, he's giving me some kind of tips on how to change the message or to instruct um instruct kids so yeah we kind of realized that the first session i was like throwing way too much information um, Uh, at kira so yeah we'll just kind of keep it keep it really simple and do one or two things only with with each of the the kind of six sessions that we're sort of planning on on doing so um yeah it'll be kind of interesting to to follow that process um and and the other thing we actually did while we're there was um and again sort of goes to the adaptability of children is because we're out on the grass oval we just kind of uh got the shoes off and did a little bit of barefoot stuff and yeah she definitely moved um better um without her kind of padded sort of traditional running shoes on so we'll we'll probably do um a fair bit more um a little bit of barefoot work with her each time and these sessions are only going to run for about sort of 20 minutes and it's it's not really running the whole time so Mm. yeah just so she can get a feel for the for better running mechanics and, yeah, it was it was interesting. The, the instruction plus taking the shoes off did seem to have um, quite good results. So it would be interesting to see tonight when I see her for the second time how much of that is kind of stuck.
1: Yeah. Oh, look, I think, um, I think she'll have quite a lot of progress and I'm glad you asked her to take her shoes off and run on the grass. I mean, I grew up in the country and I, you know, I'm not sure that's one of the reasons why I can run, you know, semi-okay but uh the amount of times we were barefoot on ovals and Mm. uh, you know dirt tracks uh was a lot of the time
0: Yeah, I, i think it i think it definitely helps um So, yeah, I'm going to take a leaf out of uh, that book and probably do a little bit of uh, stuff barefoot myself. Um, Mm, Unfortunately, I'm not as neurologically plastic as what she is. (laughs) 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 But um, yeah, we can all adapt and we can all change no matter how old you are.
1: The uh, resort that we were staying in in Hawaii had these two amazing golf courses. And despite the fact that I, I wasn't running, I must admit, I had moments of just absolute desire to just Run barefoot on those golf courses because how nice are golf courses? The grass is immaculate. I just they're amazing. So um, yeah. I'm going to have to return just so I can run on the, on the golf courses barefoot in when I'm actually training because, to be honest, there wasn't really anyone playing golf. So uh, <laughs>
0: there's, there's probably not any golf courses in Sydney that you'd be able to run on without getting smashed by a golf ball. There? <laughs> no,
1: there, there are absolutely none. So that was another reason why I was looking at these empty just kilometres of perfectly manicured lawn going, oh, I'm, I'm really tempted. <laughs> but... Uh, I'm not quite that tempted, but uh, I do agree with you. Barefoot was something that I used to do quite a lot of running. Um, it's sort of fallen by the wayside a bit, but uh, I haven't actually sat down and done a plan yet for my next um, little phase of, of training for this 5K goal. Uh, I will do that this week so we can chat about it next week. Uh, I think that's actually – you've just given me some inspiration to pop some of that in.
0: Yeah, put a little bit in. You, you could, I mean, if you're going to the track, that's the other place you can do it. Like it's it's – provided that the track isn't wet, uh, which can get a bit slippery when you're barefoot. Um, yeah, jogging around on the track and doing a few drills barefoot might be a thing that you could do.
1: Yeah, well, we'd live across the road from an amazing park with perfectly manicured lawns, so that's actually right And there's like this 2K loop um, that I have done a few times barefoot, so uh, I think that might actually go in maybe on a Wednesday or the recovery runs.
0: Yeah, I, I like the way you're thinking. Mm. Well we're probably getting close to a wrap as as I mentioned we're a little bit unstructured this week but we basically wanted to talk about where to from here so um next week will be kind of like season two episode one of three k slash five k training um with a little bit of running technique strength training and uh Coach, coaching kids running technique thrown into the mix so yeah. we'll, we'll probably have a few few little things um, going on um, over the next season which um, be kind of good to get away from just talking about the marathon
1: yeah absolutely actually there's one thing that i'm doing at the moment that i completely omitted is i am on day two of the math the phil maffetone two-week challenge Yep. Um, or the yeah the two-week test I, I think he calls it so I think I'd highlighted a few times throughout my marathon training that my sugar addiction had yeah. sort of reached some pretty uh, lofty hearts of out of control <laughs> uh, and so I'd promised myself that I would um, rein that back in post-marathon so um, I started that yesterday and I Do know what? I don't know about you, but when I do something like this, I've only done it a couple of times, the first probably two to three days, I kill it. Like I'm so headstrong and I'm finding it easy. And then we hit sort of day four and five. And for me, it's after dinner. Like I don't know what it is, but like I'll have my dinner and, you know, have heaps, but it's as though I have this secondary dessert stomach that just (laughs) kicks in and is like, hang on, you haven't fed me. So I just then get these, like my mouth starts to salivate and I cannot stop thinking about sugar. So Mm. um, I think danger zone will be in another couple of days' time. Uh, So, um, yeah, so I'm going to try and kick this sugar habit, which I will, um, and In my break, I put on a grand total of four kilos, which I'm not afraid to say. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yes. So um, sugar addiction and return to sort of race weight over the next few weeks is um, also very high on my priority list.
0: Yeah. Um, I think having done that thing, that two-week test before, um, and I'm trying to kind of move my diet a little bit in that direction at the moment, although I'm not doing it um, strictly, Um, having like a piece of cheese or something after dinner is a good way just to kill off Kill off cravings. <laughs> yeah,
1: look, I'll, I might have, chocolate. To, might have to keep that up my sleeve, but I've, uh, I've got a confession. So last night um, after we drove back home from going down to say hello to everyone at training, uh, it's actually my daughter's second birthday tomorrow and um, Nonna had come over and baked this amazing uh, like little love heart vanilla mud cake with delicious icing and, and sprinkles. And I turned to my husband and I was like – do you think it's wrong of me to start this, um, you know, whilst it's her second birthday, like it's not very festive (laughs) to, you know, not be celebrating with cake. And I must admit, I had talked myself into having a piece of the cake and, um, we got home at 7.30 and she was fast asleep so we didn't even do the birthday celebration so uh, I, I didn't have the cake and I didn't succumb to it and I'm not going to have any but I nearly failed on day one.
0: <laughs> yeah, cake will do it to you.
1: Oh, especially like a Nonna's home-baked vanilla mud cake like oh so it's in the fridge at the moment staring at me and um I'm staying strong because I know what happens. Like I have one little sliver and before you know it, I will probably eat 90% of the cake.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's funny you bring that up actually because after five weeks of not running and, look, I've tweaked my diet a little bit, not a huge amount, but, um, yeah, I actually haven't put on any weight, which um, I don't know, it probably goes to that old saying about it is one thing you can't outrun your diet. So I was doing 80Ks a week um, and I dropped that off for the last five weeks and I really haven't gained any weight. So maybe that's because I've changed my diet a little bit, um, but probably more so um, the reduced stress levels. Um, I think probably from the things that stress me out plus the running training um, means that I've just kind of stabilized at the the weight that I was before. So you can't, outrate, can't outrun your diet and you can't outrun stress. So um, if you're wondering why if you're running a lot and you're not um, being able to manage your weight, um, well. Um, yeah, looking at looking at diet and looking at stress would be probably two, two stones to turn over and have a bit more of a closer look at.
1: Mm. Well, I also don't recommend a buffet breakfast every morning and a three-course <laughs> meal every night for three weeks. <laughs> so that's pretty much where my four kilos have come from and the fish and chips that I had for lunch every day.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's good though. You're going to burn that off. So... Um- that's just fuel for your next running campaign.
1: Oh, I woke up yesterday morning when we're here and I was like, what, no buffet breakfast, no return for pancakes and then waffles and then bacon on the side. Uh, it was back to me making plain old scrambled eggs with nothing. So um, yeah. my uh, anyway, my, my body will be thanking me for it.
0: Very good, very good. All right, well, um, maybe maybe that's a good place to end Um You have been listening to the Running Technic Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. We'll be back with you next week with um, the Need for Speed 3K and 5K training. Uh, We'll chat to you then.